This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi Blues. It happens every night. Every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Nope. Summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Sank. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. Nope. Not even kinda. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook, right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low. Budget live, not so live from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. And I hope all of you low lifers are doing well out there. This is the podcast for Monday, Monday, January the 30th, man. We're almost clicking by another one of them old months here, headed into February and uh, another month of winter out of the way, hopefully. And we'll get back to uh, some warmer temperatures sooner. Then later, this is, man, this is the 199th, 199, 199 episodes, basically straight of this here program. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, you're wondering what a lowlifer is. Why is this guy insulting us? I actually ran into some friends of mine, Lawson's Outdoors here, Loretta, Tennessee. It's down there and they're like, hey man, we're watching you, watching you down here in the, in the shop this week and you're rough on those folks, my buddy James Ricketts. He said, you're rough on those folks calling them lowlifers. And I said, that's just what the lowlifers want to be called. That is that is the loyal 
loyal following of this program, and uh, we appreciate them. And if you tune in, you're a lowlifer, so welcome new and old lowlifers. Uh, Got to say, real quick, update, because I've been getting a lot of questions. Been seeing a lot of folks got, got to go to the East Tennessee Fishing Show this weekend, and, man, so many of y'all came up and were asking me about this situation, uh, about the health. And uh, I'm, as you're listening to this on Monday, January 30th, I'm at a cardiologist. All right, so we're going to hopefully get some answers this week on what's going on and, uh, and, and you know, put our, put our minds at ease around here. So thank you all so much for your thoughts and prayers and, and, and checking on me. It's, uh, it does not go unnoticed, I promise you, and, and uh, it's always good. That's, that's what the Low Lifer group is all about, man. It's uh, always overwhelming with you all anytime anything's going on. So appreciate that very much. Uh, let's jump into the sponsors, and then we're going to get into this episode We've uh, we got a doozy today. It's one that I've been looking forward to doing for a very long time, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it as much as I did uh, whenever I, I did this interview just a couple days ago. All right, Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater and your chainsaw, but most importantly, in that outboard engine because nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run because stupid dumb ethanol. It's gummed up the work. So Startron kicks it in the teeth, gets it out of there, and makes sure that every time you get on the water, because I know you're busy, you're like me, you don't get out there as much as you'd like to, that Startron's going to make sure that ethanol is not a problem for you. And we all know it's in, the, it's in your gas everywhere you go these days, unless you're running ethanol-free fuel. And then it's even more expensive than this crazy expensive prices that we're paying for gas right now so get you some star try and put it in your tank and i promise you you'll run that ethanol right out of town we appreciate the folks from star Tron. star bright bringing you lbl for five years now pro guide batteries proguidebatteries.com you're going to want to go check them out if you're in the market for some lithium trolling motor batteries for your boat they got some new lithium cranking batteries out there i'm running a 31 agm cranking battery i ran the 31 agm's Last year for trolling batteries as well until I switched over to the lithium. Fantastic, fantastic batteries. Long time, long timers in this battery game. They're not fly by night. They are people you can trust. Go check them out. ProGuyBatteries.com. Use code LBL10 to tell them we sent you. All right, BaitWorks.com. Bait-Works.com. What can I say about these folks except, uh, you know, they're amazing, man. They're amazing. I got to spend some time with them, and every time I'm around those guys, I'm just, I just, I'm blown away at their kindness, not only towards me, uh, but but their willingness to help customers, and and it's uh, it's crazy, man. But I got to spend some time with them over there at the East Tennessee Fishing Show, where we released the LOB. It's now live, the Power Finesse Jig live on Baitworks.com. You can get some today, but uh, just an honor to get to be there in front of that display. The LOB is very cool there at the show but uh i i just like i said it, it just everything i don't sign on with people that i don't believe in or i think that uh you know they do the right thing or i can't support what they do right that's i just i'm not a i'm never going to be that way with sponsors i've left sponsors in the past because i didn't you know line up eye to eye with maybe what they were all about and uh, and these guys are they're fantastic, man. And their prices are good. Their customer service is great. And their selection's great. So bait-works.com. Use code Duncan-10 to tell them you're a low lifer. 
Go get you some of those LOB jigs. We sold several at that East Tennessee fishing show, and I'm ready. I'm, I'm just – I can't wait to start seeing the uh, pictures come in on social media where you guys are catching your first fish on a jig that we designed and, uh, and, and got out there into the world. Some new colors coming too, potentially. We got some requests for some colors that uh, – you know, we started with six – custom colors that I did in, uh, in that finer than frog hair skirt material and then got some requests this weekend. So uh, also great meeting so many of you low lifers there at the, uh, at the expo. It's just, it's just always blown away. Uh, I'm blown away by, by your kindness and, and, uh, and the fact you give a damn about all of this crazy world of mine and uh, had the triple threat with me and she was blown away as well. So, uh, so good to meet so many of y'all out there in Knoxville. And uh, we're going to have a throwdown at the Classic, I can tell you that much. All right, bait-works.com. Go get it. Express Boats, hang the banner. The Bass Master Classic winning, high-performance, all-welded aluminum bass boat. The X21 Pro bow to stern with that C-Dex. Got the 250 Yamaha show pushing that thing around. Best hole shot in the game. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Go take a ride in one. Go drive one. Get behind the wheel. You will not regret it. Express Boats, building excitement since 1966. Another, they're not one of fly-by-night companies. Good people making great products. I appreciate the folks at Express. We're going to do a live podcast in the Express Boats booth at the Classic like we had the last few years. I guess we're going... I think we're three years running on that. But anyways, Express Boat's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic, man. There in Knoxville, we got a we got a big one planned for y'all there. Um, details to follow on that in the Express booth at the Expo. All right, again, real quick, thank y'all to everybody that came out Baitworks booth there in Knoxville. Again, I'm beyond grateful that this is life and that I get to do this. And uh, as a little kid that that just walked around ponds in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Uh, and read things in Bassmaster Magazine and watched the TNN Bassmasters to stand at an expo and have my name on a lure for the first time in my life and have people come up and, and, and want to talk about it and have people come up and, and want to meet you and take pictures and, and things like that is something that, uh, that, that never falls, you know, I, I don't take it for granted, right? Um, it's just because it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. So I'm very grateful for each and every one of you low lifers out there and, and for sticking with me, roller coaster riding with me in this, uh, this old crazy low lifer lifestyle. All right. So y'all know me. I am a, uh, I am as obsessed with songwriting and music as I am bass fishing. My life has always ran in parallels like that. Those have been my loves since I was a kid. I love playing guitar. I love singing. Uh, obviously, y'all know I, I open every show with Biloxi Blues, a song I wrote. Uh, and I've played for many years. I've wrote for many years. I chased that. I chased that, I chased that dragon for, for a long time. And, and through fishing, the other love of my life, and through this crazy podcast, I've got to meet some fantastic people in that world and, and – I'm very fortunate to call them friends. And this guy that we're going to talk to today is a rock star. Period. End of story. He's a rock star. He is the lead singer of Whiskey Myers, Road Warriors, absolutely setting the world on fire right now, an independent band 
just seeing their dreams come true. And it's, uh, it's very cool to witness it because, and, and when I say independent, they don't have some big fancy record deal out of Nashville and, and, you know, publicity teams pushing. I mean, these guys are just, they did it on the road. They did it grinding away like so many Bass Pros do. And the best part about this man is, I won't say the best part, but what, what ties him to our world here in this fishing podcast world is he is the owner, co-owner of Toad Thumper Lures. So he is equally, and you'll hear that in this interview, he is equally as excited about bass fishing and lure design as he is writing a hit song. So it's very cool. We're going to get the sauce from him, the W sauce right here, bringing you this interview. America's Worcestershire sauce. It's good on everything. You can even drink it. Maybe I haven't, but we're going to get into the goods here. This man is, uh, I've had a lot of requests to have him on a lot of requests and I'm glad we could finally hook it up. Ladies and gentlemen, from Whiskey Myers, the one and only Cody Cannon. Well, as promised, here he is, the man, the man with the plan, the front man, Cody Cannon, <laughs> man. We appreciate you uh, joining us. The The fans of the show call themselves lowlifers, so here you are. You're talking to a bunch of lowlifers, and I and I feel, feel like they like me for a reason, and I feel like a lot of them lowlifers are out there at the show's whiskey Myers, so I, they appreciate you being here just like i do man hey thanks for having me man i'm a low lifer too <laughs> I, lo- I love that man i'm gonna i may use that as the new intro to the show because you're the coolest cat i know other than my buddy ryan engelman you know and turnpike y'all are the two coolest cats that i get to associate with at all so i, li- I live through you boys uh well man I, I appreciate you i told you back in december i got to catch y'all uh down in Huntsville man and I I wanted to try to do a podcast with you just because after you and I we got hooked up our buddy Justin hooked us up down there at iCast and we we I'm fans of a lot of the same people you're fans with and then in the fishing world with the toad thumper thing I just think it's so cool to me that a guy that's got so much going on like you do because y'all burn it down that you're like you know what I think I want to do they want to get in this fishing world too. So I just, I think that's badass, man. Like that's, that's, uh, and you were there at ICAST and I'm like, this guy could be a million other places right now. And here he is sitting here trying to sell these damn frogs, man. So let's kick it off with that. How did that come about? Like, where did the idea inspiration where you're like, I'm going to get in this crazy fishing business. <clears throat> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it happened during COVID, you know? Okay. And I knew I wasn't going to be working for a couple of years. Uh, so that, that probably had something to do with it. But um, I have trouble sleeping, you know. I have like an overactive yeah. mind. Busy so, mind, yeah. You know, you know, I'd have like lay and I couldn't sleep. And, um, you know, songs maybe would come to me and stuff. And I'd write a lot of songs yeah. that way. And uh, for some reason, uh, lure design started popping in my head for, for no other reason, you know. Um, I think probably because I wasn't working, but I still needed to create or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all, they just started popping into my mind. And then uh, I called my buddy, who's who's now my partner. His name's Cody as well, because I knew he knew some people in the industry. And, uh, you know, I had a bunch of drawings and stuff. And I was just going to uh, I just hit him up. Just be like, hey, you know, maybe you can pitch this to some people. I, I don't even want any money or anything. I just think it'd be cool to say I designed something, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, 
he was like, oh, no, the hell with that. Let's do it ourselves. <laughs> so <laughs> he was I, was like, All right. I was like, you know anything about it? And he's like, nope. And he's like, do you? And I was like, not really. And uh, so here we are. That So why, I, I guess, we all as bass fishermen, and you 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 love it, man. I see, I see you cheesing on Facebook. I've seen the picture get passed around this last couple of days. You with a new ride. You just yeah. picked up a new Phoenix. You out there cheesing. So you love bass fishing like the rest of us. But frog fishing, it's hands down. It's it's the best. Like like that's the drug, right? The blow up on a frog. That's what gets us all hooked. Topwater fishing is that kind of why the frog? I mean, I know the the company's called Toe Thumper, but why that lure category? Just to kind of jump into what what was the I guess the passion behind that? <clears throat> um, man, I I thought there was a need there. Um, I. You know, you know, there's a lot of grass and pads and things like that where I live. So that's a little, yeah. I, I've always fished a lot. Um, and I never found one I truly loved. So that's why I started with that. Uh, it has nothing really to do with the name. The name comes from my daddy would call him Toad. Like he caught a big one. He said, oh, that's a Toad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that actually has nothing to do with that. Okay. Frog. Uh, I was just kind of a throwback to him. That's cool. But, you know, I would... I'd have one, you know, I love the action of this frog, but the hookup ratio is terrible. This hookup ratio is is, is pretty good, but the action on this one, you know, there's all these ones yeah. that I kind of liked and there wasn't any one that I loved. And I, so I was like, man, I don't know. It just kind of popped in my head to just do that first. Well, uh, I can, I can it's not a, the easiest bait to stick out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's tricky with a frog. I think it, there's so much more design work. I think that goes into one than people realize, especially building one, a new one, from the ground up, man. And yeah. you have, I've got a, a dear friend of mine, Alex Davis. He guides on Gunnersville. I, I consider him like as good with a frog as anybody. He's probably won more money with a frog than most folks yeah. I know in tournaments. And he and I got talking this fall about that. You guys have built, in my opinion, it's the best walking frog. Yeah. It's so easy to walk, but dude, and the hookups are great. Like I, I I'm ready for the spring. I got them kind of late in the year, and I wasn't getting to fishing yeah. near enough. But man, uh, I'm looking forward to it warming up and and getting after them. But you guys are on to something, and you got other stuff coming too, man. That's what's that's what's cool. Following right up on the frog. Yeah, I'm proud of it. We did a good job. It was just kind of changing things. You know, it, it takes a couple of times. You can do anything. You know, if you just put your mind to it and just keep after it. I think. With uh, that, there was just some certain issues I wanted to address to to make it. You know, I just wanted to build the one that I thought was the best. You know, when I went when all around. You know what I mean? Not not maybe the best for a certain niche, but that it could cover everything. And and I think we did it at least. Yeah. I'm, you know. I I think you did. The colors are great. Like I said, hookup ratio from what I've seen is great. And uh, you can do all that. You know, you can. That's all in the design too. You know what I mean? Those things didn't just happen. It was all a thought process about little things you can tweak and and change, and uh, you can you can get it to walk easier by changing certain things. You can drastically improve your hookup ratio by changing certain things. You know, like the uh, especially the shape of the body and things like that, yeah. making it less rigid and still uh, everything's a give and take. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it you just a couple of times, man. I get them. It's not right, man. It's not. It's not. It's not right. And then change it and we, we got it to where we were very happy with the product. So you were real heavily involved though. You were like getting protos, taking them and slinging them and 
and seeing yeah, if it, I did, yeah, I designed the, whole, the whole thing on that product that was uh, awesome. it was actually from a drawing uh is where it started from because uh, i don't you see my wife and you're having to set the computer up for me i don't do computers so it was just like sketches and then just building it up and then changing things well, th- there's a reason this show show's called uh, Low Budget Live because I don't have a damn clue what I'm doing. I got one little camera and we we send it and I got some old music equipment that I use for uh, the audio side of it. That's where it got its name. So I- I'm fully, I'm with you. Anybody that listens to the show go, yeah, this guy's the least technical guy in the world because I have just dumb crap happen on here every week because uh, I'm a one-man band for sure doing this. Yeah. So I appreciate the fact that you're not good on the uh <laughs> we we need you doing other things like making frogs and uh writing the songs that you're right dude so yeah, uh, leave the computer to leave the computer to the it people we'll we'll figure that out for yeah. sure so uh, dude whenever you uh i mean growing up you talk about your dad calling them toads that that's so it's been in your life you boys live it like so many of the lyrics of your songs i think there's a reason they speak to the people they speak to because you, it's authentic. Like you guys grew up there, East Texas, hunting and fishing, right? I mean, that's that's life. When you're not on the road, that's what you're doing. Yeah, it was just that's me to the core, really. I grew up, you know, I'm from the woods, <laughs> middle of nowhere, you know. So yeah. I grew up hunting and fishing with my, you know, my dad, my my grandpa, my great grandpa, things like that. You know, that's a typical story for a lot of people. Yeah, that's kind of. When I think of like fond memories, you know, when yeah. when you're a kid, they always kind of revolve around those times like that. Those yeah. are like the only things you can almost remember sometimes. That's interesting. That's a, that's a cool thought because that is true. Those are the things that stand yeah. out. E- even you may have, uh, it's always those high times, I guess, you know, I, yeah. I, I can think of uh, so many when my granddad, he passed away in 2019, he was 90. And, uh, and, and he used to just drag me around all the time in the summer, we'd either fish off the bank or we were waiting yeah. creeks. And, and a lot of my love for fishing came from him. And of course my dad too, he got me kind of in the tournament side of it. My granddad was like, hmm. just get, get in the back of the truck. Let's go. And we'd either be yeah. digging worms to go catch catfish or bluegill, or if we caught a bass, hell, it was like, we, you know, we won the lottery. We were just, we we're just, he was retired and man, I, he was my, he was my guy. So that that's, that's cool. And I, I tell, try to pass that on to my boys, like those stories, because they 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 need told. Right. And they and I, I, when you just makes you smile, man. So that's uh, that's awesome. Um, and, and like I said, you can tell it's authentic. And the first time I got to be around you, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is the this, this cat is the real deal. And I'd always heard that through the grapevine that that you boys are what you are. You know, it's like and and it's refreshing because. And you know this better than I do. I mean, I chased the music thing for a little bit, and I've got dear friends that are still in the industry. But it, it's a little fake at times, right? <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's fair to say, right? I don't. I'm not throwing yeah. throwing shade or talking about folks, but sometimes I live close to Nashville. You know that, and and man, I, when I was up there and I'm doing a songwriting thing and trying. And I'd meet somebody and they, or they'd be on stage, they sing something. I'm like, hell yeah, man, I think me and this cat right here could be, be boys. And then we get off stage and I'm like, oh, wow, you didn't mean any of that. Okay, all right, well, I'm just going to move on down the road. <laughs> just got done with his pedicure or something. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot of that that goes on, man. I, I just, uh, I think that's why it's so, you guys resonate so well with people. But how, uh, how much do you get to fish? And I, I know a lot of, fans listening to this um probably wonder this do you get to fish on the road like when you guys have shows is it all business 
when you're out there because you got yeah. a lot of dates a year you don't ever get to go oh okay every so, once in a while if we're fishing somewhere and we're around a lake and we kind of got a hook up you know we can go okay. we've done that but not very often you know uh a lot of times you're in a major city you know yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's business you know like you say you roll in you do the show you go to the next town you don't have a lot of days off in between so it you know it's happened uh fish with alex on gunnersville before. Yeah. so some different lakes that you know we've had the opportunity but it, it just depends it's, it's not that often on the road you know yeah i, I know ryan with turnpike he and i joke about that a lot i'm like you need to hook up a damn bass boat to the back of that bus and or or just hire somebody and i've offered my services to him i'm like just hire me i'll pull the boat and when you get four or five hours we'll slide out to some lake you know yeah. I think it's a pretty good gig right I can't our, our, bus driver, our bus driver would actually probably really like that so <laughs> should probably try that this year that that's uh you know this is something that i, I feel like i talked to a lot of guys on the show that live the dream I, i'm very fortunate to get to have conversations with people like yourself and, and a lot of pro anglers and musicians and things but it's still i i, I want to talk about the realities of it too though and it's still work right i mean you guys get you're playing sold out shows but man the grind away from your family the time that you have invested i mean since 2007 to get to this point man it's still a job right Absolutely, it's a job. Uh, the older you get, the more you, you think of it as a job, too. You kind of have to be successful at some point. Um, like anytime you monetize anything, it kind of changes it. It makes it a job. Yes. It's like this weird transformation. Um, yeah. Even like, uh, like you know, fishing is obviously not a job, and I do enjoy it. But when I was testing those frogs, you know, like, it, it changed the aspect. I had to go test these prototypes. It's like, oh man, I got stuff to do. I really don't want to do that today. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm about to leave to go on the road. I need to see my kids. You know, so anytime you add that, it it does kind of change it to where if you were just going fishing, you would want to that day, right? Because that's what you were planning to do. Absolutely. The same thing with shows, man. Sometimes you you get, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Well, especially, I mean, like anything, man, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm blessed. I'm not complaining, but it, but it's, oh, it's I know it's, that. I, was, I was working today. I mean, you work, you work all the time, you know, it's just like any other job. When all y- y'all give so much, like I, it was my first time getting to see you guys live after knowing of y'all for many, many, many years and never been able to go, to be honest. And y'all give every damn ounce you got yeah. it, it is it is and and that is you're notorious for that i mean that's what i've heard for years and getting to see it it's just i was truly blown away that there's nothing left like to give at the end of the night when y'all y'all close it out just like all right everybody got their damn money's worth i'll assure you that and and i think that's what people don't realize in that world you guys are in is how much it takes to be on you know and and for you it's not only having to be there, having to, uh, to, to travel as much, but dude, there's so much strain just vocally, right? Like to yeah. be the front man night in and night out. And I know you guys, you, all you guys sing and you, they, they back you up and y'all share some responsibility sometimes on certain songs. Right. But for the most part, you're sending it. You, you are the lead guy and man, like a lot of screaming too. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys are you throwing down, right? Like it's not, you're not up there singing ballad after ballad after ballad. Like you, you got the mic 
Eddie Vedder style, as I like to call it, and you just <laughs> let yeah. them have it, son. Do, do you ever uh, run into vocal issues, though? I guess as a as a guy that sang his whole life, I, I have smoky bars kill me to this yeah. day. Like, I so, can't. Um, when I was younger, I had some issues, but it was more of the lifestyle that I was living. <laughs> um, okay. okay. I've been forever. Um, I've been notorious about never having any vocal issues. I could sing not, 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 not. And then this year, at the end of the year, when we were down there, I started had my vocals started getting a little shaky. I was, yeah. feeling like I was getting hoarse and stuff like that. But that's the first time in years. Um, I'm like the opposite usually. And I think that was probably that was in the winter, right? Or the fall. Yeah, December, I believe. Yeah. So I had gotten like a cold or COVID or something. <laughs> something, you know. Something. Yeah. And then after that, my vocals, like if, if you get sick and it gets a little bit wompy, it'll stay like that for a while and you'll start having some issues. So in the winter and stuff, that that can be a problem. But usually uh if you're not like out partying and, and drinking or smoking cigarettes and stuff like that. Uh, it, it was never really a problem for me. I'm weird because, uh, like we've been off for a long time and like, we have, to, we're going to actually go rehearse and work up sit. And I have to start singing because I can't sing those songs right now. Really? So off. I'll like lose my voice. I won't even be able to sing those songs, but after like ramping up, I'll be able to sing again. It's really weird. And the more I sing it, the better I am. It's like the inverse of most people. That that's incredible, man. I, yeah. I never would have guessed that because I I have to uh, I have to be careful because I will I will completely like at the Bassmaster Classic this year. We always play on Saturday night. We do a live podcast. And we play just a bunch of buddies at a bar every year for about the last four years. And after I talk at the show, like I tend to do, and run my mouth in the booth by Sunday. I'll be gone, man. Yeah, you give me yeah. three, three hours of bull crap singing and and not taking care of my voice for years. I'll be so I have so much respect for guys that can just go in night after night after night after night and just be able to just sound just on point. Man. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, if it was weak and and Huntsville, uh, you sounded all right. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you together. I was, I was starting to get nervous, you know, because you, yeah. you there's a point though that if you get past. Like you're jacked. You're messed up for a That's long true. Time. Especially yeah. if you still play shows, it's it's real bad, you know. You can ruin it. I mean, you can truly yeah. hurt yeah. it. Like yeah. a- you can really get messed up. Uh, uh, no, it ended up being fine, but that was the only time I had gotten sick and I was off, and then I got back on the road and my voice was kind of a little wompy for a while, and I was worried so- about it. So, like, headed into this this new tour, you, you guys kick it off in Knoxville here in just a couple of weeks, February, what, 19th, I think. And it's, uh, I mean, you're fixing to be gone again. It's like February to August. Y'all are doing dates with Eric Church this summer. I saw that got announced. That's pretty cool, uh, some of those outdoor amphitheater shows and things. But when you're talking about set list, this always intrigues me as from a fan and, and from playing music. You guys tend to do the same thing every night, right? When you got a tour, because you want it to be as tight as it can get. I know you'll probably alternate things in. Yeah. But, so headed into 23, though, you guys will kind of revamp and, yeah. and change up. I know yeah. you got your constants. You're always going to play, of course, you know, the fan favorites. But yeah. will it be a big change going into 2023? How much thought do you put into that? I haven't thought about it yet. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Let's just write one right now. We'll just we'll just make it out right here. That's, uh, that's what we're working on next week. 
man, it just depends. It it can be hard because the songs that you're putting on that set are usually your best songs live, and there's a there's a mix, there's a reason they're there. For sure. So sometimes when you throw it in there, it's not as good. So you have to say your way is different, better than the best, and stuff like that. And you've done different combinations and different things over, you know, we've been doing this for, uh, I think like 17 years now, it gets harder because you're like, oh, I've already done that. You're like, oh, we could do this. And you're like, oh, we already did that. <laughs> you know? So yeah, yeah it'll, it'll come out though. And we get in there and start working. Um, but yeah, for the most part, when you're doing a tour, we try not to change it too much because you can kind of mess it up. <laughs> for sure. So no audibles, audibles, audibles can set things, you know, off the, off the track. Sometimes. Yeah, we have a lot of boring. Yeah. Ended up in an interception or a phone call or something. <laughs> like that. Um, it just depends, man. It yeah. just depends. Uh, also, when you have a lot of people playing it, it's harder. Like when I play acoustic shows, yeah. everyone, oh, I didn't do any this year. I used to do them every year. It's just me and Tony. And yeah. We, we can do whatever we want. And yeah. ask the crowd, like, what do you want to hear? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but if you have, and if you wrote that song, you'll you remember it for like ever, probably. But if it, if you're a guitar player, or bass player, or something that hadn't heard that song in seven years, and somebody <laughs> called it out, if you're all up there, they'd be like, "I don't even remember that song." They're like, no, not doing it. <laughs> you know, so it it just depends, man. Yeah, especially a drummer. A drummer don't want the drummer yeah. don't want to go into the unknown. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Everybody else is, is is pretty good with going in. We'll we'll just wing it. But yeah, those drummers they they got to be on time. They could be sticklers. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I played with several over the years. They're like, "What the hell are you doing? Why are we doing this? We don't. We've never played this. Oh, let's try it. I mean, there ain't but ten people here. Let's try it. You know, shit. <laughs> what are you worried about? We ain't on the damn Grand Ole Opry. Calm down. Yeah. I've had several of them over the years that took it real serious, man. Uh. All right, well, going back real quick, something that I want to talk because obviously a ton of fishing fans, but a lot of music fans that uh, wanted to see Cody Cannon on here. And I, again, I appreciate you. Uh, I want to talk about your relationship with Big Lee, Lee Livesey. I, I had yeah. Lee. I love Lee, man, and and Lee is uh, he's such a such a good dude, such a talented angler. But I, yeah. I had him on here, I guess right after he won Chickamauga in uh 20 and i said uh, and i've been knowing him a minute before then but i'm like you have the greatest boat wrap in history you have the <laughs> coolest sponsor when you're sponsored by by beer and one of the the coolest bands out there i'm like dude you got this deal by the by the balls to be honest like you get this deal figured out how did that come about i know you're kind of from the same area but how did that relationship yeah. with lee start so um i fished with him uh you know before he was on tour and stuff like that yeah. so so we knew him and we were friends with him already and then the you know that the opportunity came and we wanted to be a part of it you know so it's pretty cool. cool right some dude yes. you know he's a hammer right and he's getting the opportunity to show it and stuff like that so we were one of his first sponsors and we thought it would be cool like you know I don't, that had never been done before, like a rock band doing Ever. something like that. Like, it's like, um, I don't know, like Express or something yeah. like that. People that have something to sell in the industry would do that. And I don't know. We just like doing stuff different, I guess. 
So. Well, it, it was just, I'll never forget, like when he won, seeing the Whiskey Myers, like official pages on social media, sharing Lee Livesey holding a trophy <laughs> or a bass. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. These boys got it right. Like that is, that's what we need in the sport. And and I for Lee, I think having need, access- that classic now, that's what we're going for this year. Ooh, no pressure, Lee. No pressure. Yeah. If, if anybody, uh, he's so due for another like big one. And, and that, I just feel like where that one's at, it's in his wheelhouse, man. I think about everywhere they go is then leaves wheelhouse. I feel like Lee will really give him a hard time for angler of the year this year. He's, he's just continually to improve overall. Cause he used to be, and I would say this if Lee was right here, but he was, it was kind of, it was roller coaster, right? Like he would swing yeah. huge, like these Lake fork bags or, a Chickamauga win, and then, <clears throat> but the lows would be kind of get away from him sometimes early on. But now, man, there's not many lows, and he's really consistent overall, which you know is what it takes to win. Experience too, probably For sure. And traveling all over the professional angler, but that would be my guess. Yeah, we're traveling the country, getting to know the the, the different lakes and things all over. Man, he's uh he's a scary dude. He's scary. That's. Well, I, I appreciate y'all being a part, part of that for so many reasons, man. It just, I feel like that endorsement alone, right? Having that name on the side of his boat, there's no <laughs> telling like how much that exposes him to a different crowd, you know, and then yeah. exposes bass fishing. Like that's a, that's a big deal for a kid that grew up wanting that sport to be as big as it, it can possibly get. Like it's very cool, man. Very. Yeah. Cool. It was super, super cool for us too. And for me, I was like, giddy. I thought it was just neat, you know? <laughs> I'm sure that's, that's well, the fact that you guys are in a place where you can do that too. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of goes runs parallel. Like you guys have been at this for so freaking long. You've known him before he was on the elite series. Now you guys are just a household name and then he's coming up. And so it's very cool that, that, that match was, uh, is even possible, you know? Yeah. The first time me and him fished together, if I remember correctly, he was in like a 16 foot, pro craft yeah and the wind we were on lake fork and the wind was blowing about 170 miles an hour uh he'll, he'll probably remember that trip yeah I did. i'm sure he will yeah i think if the, the the waves were so big in that little boat i think if the water wasn't low what wasn't so low we probably would have hit our head on the bridges <laughs> we were getting after it I'll go ahead and guarantee Lee remembers every trip the wind blew in that ProCraft. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a ProCraft. It was something like that. It was a little bitty boat. And I'm pretty sure it was like a ProCraft. And that's just when he was guiding on Lake Fork then. I think this is before he was guiding. Oh, no. So you you go back even before this that. Was long, this was a long time ago. Okay. So, yeah, and I, I could be wrong. Uh I don't know if he was guiding on Fort then. This was a long time ago. Wow. Even better then. So I, would, I mean, it was over 10 years ago for sure. Jeez. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you the only one in the band that likes to fish? Uh, yeah, in the, in the actual band. Yeah, my, my tour manager, Bass Fishes, and our, and our bus driver, Bass Fishes. Uh, uh, I'm, I've known our tour manager forever. And so we kind of grew up fishing and stuff like that. Our dads fish together. And uh, so, so we do mainly, you know, the other guys, I mean, they'll fish a little bit and stuff, you know, they're invited, but they're not, you know, like us or anything. They're obsessed. They're not waking up in the middle of the night designing frogs or anything. 
Yeah, just I had all these. It was just so weird, man. It's just weird when stuff like that happens. And I did. And as soon as he told me that, like I said, I didn't have to work or anything for a long time. I just went and stayed up for like a night. And I just had like 150 ideas, you know. So we'll just slowly start rolling them out. It takes us a while, you know, because we're just doing it part time. There's just a couple of us. So uh, we're going to have some new products here in about a week or so. That's Um, Two soft plastics that are super cool. And then we have some more stuff in in the works. It just takes us a while to do it, you know. And to get it right. I was going to ask, can we talk about what's coming next? Because I know you you told me a little bit and uh, but we're going away from I mean, I'm sure you'll continue to add to the frog topwater line going down the road. But now you've got plastics coming and they look juicy. Yeah, they're cool, man. Uh, It's two products. One's called the uh, Craw Gill and one's called the Bad Craw. And they're super they're super rad, man. You've seen them. They're super cool. They're supposed to be out earlier, but it took us forever to get done with packaging. I'm kind of stickler about like details and stuff. <laughs> That's probably why it actually takes us so long to come out with stuff. Uh, the crawgill is cool, man. It's it's that creature bait, and um, it basically has I called it that because it, it has the profile of like a little bitty bluegill, um, but it also has the kind of that crawfish profile too. It's really neat how we designed it with the ribs and everything, um, and how it helped with the hookup and collapsing. Um, I don't really have one here to show or, or talk about, but it's super cool. And then uh, it kind of went like a lot of the creature baits, you know, like a beaver style shape. Yep. A bunch of them didn't really kick as much, um, but the crawls do. So I just kind of inversed that too, to have it a little something different. So our actual creature bait kits more than the crawl. I wanted to go old school on, you know, with the bulbous like uh, claws and stuff and not have a bunch of swimming. I wanted to actually act like a crawfish. Um it's super cool, man. I caught a bunch of fish on it this fall. Uh, but yeah, we're excited about both of those baits coming out. They should be out in a couple of weeks, actually. And so. that'll just be be able to get them on your website. And I know, like, I, I'm with baitworks.com. I know they added your the frogs yeah. on baitworks. I'm sure they'll pick those plastics up without, but they're going to be available in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, so as soon as they hit, you know, it'll be on our, our socials and stuff. They'll, they'll post about it. And when we get all that dialed in and get them in stock, they'll be available you know on our website first and then they'll go out whoever wants them um it's neat man just testing those baits is so fun it's so it's it's kind of hard you know yeah Uh, but it's fun it's kind of a challenge i just love like the little intricacies of stuff and little things you can do can kind of change it and you learn so much like messing with those those plastics when i was prototyping and doing stuff like that and just looking at them underwater and stuff like uh, on the bag, the bag crawl, for instance, doesn't you know flap a lot. And so if you you take those like any of the baits that have like flangey kind of flappy legs, and you think you have a lot of action in them, and you do on the fall. But what happens is actually the the something like the bag crawl that's more rigid that's not going to do all this. When it gets on the bottom, it actually has way more action than anything with flappy legs. Just around. Just because how it's shaped, like so if you're on when you're actually on the bottom and working it, anytime you touch it, it's actually moving way more than anything with flanged legs. Wow. So I think it's probably because it's how it's ridged and stiff, kind of like a shaky head. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way to describe it. It's obviously not a shaky head, but you know how it moves real easy yeah. because yeah. I think it's probably like that instead of something like this. Uh so you learn stuff like that. You know, when you're when you're messing with different lures underwater, and which is really fun for me. I like the little stuff like that. Uh, 
And and so yeah, and then I'm messing I was messing with formulas for a while because like uh watching crawfish under the water, you know how they'll kind of do their arms up like that, you know, when they the defensive position or whatever. And a lot uh, of it sit like that. Yeah. I thought it was kind of silly. So I actually wanted to make it where it would sit, I guess at like a 45. Yeah. Actually how they do. And so the bait will actually come up and sit like that for a second and fall down, which is just messing with like how much salt you put in there and your buoyancy and different things like that. Um, so it actually does that, which is probably not fun for a lot of people, but that was fun for me, like trying to get that right. Where it would actually, when you pop it, it comes up and sits like that, you know, instead of like this or on the ground. Well, so, that's, that's how, of, I mean, they're, they are at a 45. Yeah. You know? A bunch of nerd stuff like that is really fun. It's like the details and building stuff. I love it. We got those two coming out. Super cool colors. I designed all the colors. Um, I mean, obviously, you got like black and blue flag and stuff like that. Yeah, but the standard. Some, yeah, interesting colors that I kind of did. Um, and then we have some other stuff that I hope we will get done and time for iCast. It's some jig, and they're super, super cool. Okay. This fucking jig is special. It's so special. I designed the hook, and then how it sits. I can't talk about it a lot yet, because it's not right. done. But man, it's cool. It's really cool. And then we have some two more products after that that I'm, we're kind of still in the early stages of. It just takes us a while. So we'll probably come out with like two here and two there and stuff like that. We just can't So. We couldn't do it right if we just did like 20 right now. You know what I mean? Well, you see that too much. And I don't care like, what, what. Personally, world. like testing the stuff. You know what I mean? And making changes and things like that. Well, I think you want it right. No matter what it is, I, I think, you know, working with TH Marine, whether, whether it's a boat part, whether it's a lure or whatever, you don't want to just throw it out there. Okay, I got an idea. You, you, it's got to be right. You got to know, okay, if I put it on this style hook, it might fall over. You know what I mean? Like I, I designed a jig with Baitworks this year and just just came out actually. And I know what you you're saying. Like swimming pool time was more important than taking it to the lake, just because like, hey, okay, well this idea yeah. on paper was all right in my head, this head design, but it doesn't fall the way yeah. I thought it would. And then when you start talking about skirts and trailers, and I was trying every different trailer under the sun and making sure it did exactly what I wanted it to do. Right? Like that was that was huge for me. And uh, what was it like for you when you caught your first fish on something that you dreamed up? Because I'm trying to think of my first fish. So that was a pond fish. Yeah. To, to my grandparents' pond. That's where I was testing the frogs originally, just because yeah. it was next door, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember more when I first threw them because I had designed the legs at a certain angle and stuff. Like, yeah, I knew it was. In theory, I had all this stuff about how it was supposed to walk and everything. And I threw it out there the first time and I hit it and I said, holy shit. <laughs> we got it. You said, we got it. Nailed it. And then I caught a fish. And I set the hook and it completely fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't fall apart, but like it ripped. The uh, the nose ripped out. The hook slid out. The hooks had, because we, we had a hard time getting the hooks not to dig into the body because that was a big thing on the hookup ratio where we set them and stuff. Oh, yeah. Which addressed that and fixed all that. But uh the the fish was probably not as a fun memory because it actually <laughs> messed up and it was like, okay, but I got the action right. Nailed it <laughs> time. It was so cool that it worked exactly perfect. There was only a couple little tweaks 
and then yeah i caught the fish and i had some some functions not work right so i was ah and so we went you know you change it and then you you go and catch some more fish um and it's like oh this is this is great this is working what but this this happened yeah yeah. and you make a little thing and so it's like that it was like that a lot with with that uh with that product well, I, I bet you it's it's a lot like when you write a song and everybody's screaming it back to you. I know I know that feeling is yeah. one that's very hard to uh, not a lot of people ever get to know that, you know, an arena full of folks singing words that you dreamed up, wrote on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, but Man, when making, you know, making lures and uh, it's so eerily similar to like songs like it is because you're just taking this idea that you kind of just bonded out on a piece of paper yeah, and then you're bringing it to life and you're tweaking this, like in the studio, you're, you're tweaking this and adding this to make it sound good. And, and uh, maybe you're rewriting a part. It's kind of the same thing. You had this idea with this lure and then you, you got it, right. It's like the song on a piece of paper and then you start tweaking it to make it better. Uh, People ask me questions about that kind of stuff before. And I was like, it's like the same exact mental process. Um, Yes. And at the end of the day, you don't know, you know, it's like with a lure or the song, you, you might think you had like some really cool stuff and everybody might hate it. So you never know. So it's good in the end if, if people dig it because you're just trying to do a good job. You know what I mean? Yeah, no matter what it is. But I, but that feeling when somebody connects, like I'm sure when somebody walks up to you and says, dude, I called a five pounder on this frog. You're like, you know what? We did. Yeah, it was, with the frogs too. Like it was so cool. We we're so blessed. We were over. It was overwhelming really because. It was like a song thing. It was like, man, people are gonna think stupid. I'm not a professional bass fisherman, right? This is this is there. You know where people are gonna be like, man, this is stupid, or they gonna hate the product for some reason. Yeah, and I was like, man, I don't think so. I was like, man, we nailed it, but they might think it's stupid, you know. And then, uh, so you don't know. And then, it, and then it come out, and we had uh, everybody was really pumped. Everybody liked the product. It did well. Um, we had so many people write in and said that they, you know. They threw away everything and just that's all they had is toad thumper frogs. Stuff like that, you know, is really cool. You, you know, you feel fortunate, you know, that when things like that happen. And, you know, I was like telling somebody, I said, you know, I don't have to be the best uh, fisherman in the world. I just have to be the best at making lures. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Which you can do because if you understand the concept and the goal of what you're trying to achieve and why you're, you, you know, you have to know about it, right? the the goal that you're after and how you can make it better. Then after that, it's just kind of creative thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As long yeah. as you understand what you're going for and why you're going for it. You know what I mean? The issues at hand. Then it's just, you're just thinking. You're just creating something. You know, when you're trying to get, you're trying to figure out how you can, it's like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Very much so. You know what I mean? Very much. And that, and when you say that though, that, right back to that songwriting thing. That's just that creative process, right? It is a puzzle. It's, one yes. leads to the next thing or, or one idea, one melody leads to the next thing. And when it starts rolling though, right? Like there's no better feeling. And I know it's like that, whether you're designing something, no, no matter what. So when weird. Do you like, um, do you feel when you write, it's from the unconscious, like you feel more than the conscious? Yes. So, I have said this to many people on songs that I consider good songs, right? For me, like one that when they 
when they happen, there's no reason that they happen. Like mm-hmm. I can't explain it. Like my favorite right. ones, like the ones I play on this podcast for the intro music, whatever that people have that that people write me about, they like whatever I've played for years. They just happen. Like yeah, there might have been an okay. I'm gonna write. Uh, I got an idea about X Y Z, whatever it is. But when they just start rolling, it is. It's a very unconscious sub, whatever you want to call it, thing. Oh, that, weird. It's yeah, subconscious. Very weird I meant to say, I don't know what I yeah. said. Well, no, I mean it's it's subconscious, my bad. <laughs> yeah, but but it's a it's a space that is very hard to get into, and I think that's why, like Nashville professional songwriters, who I know you've you've worked with, they yeah. amaze me that they can do what they do because I I think that's why I struggled so hard because I, I chased that. I had a little publishing deal through Muscle Shoals for a minute. I struggled with that. Hey, Luke, we're going to pair you up with this guy go write this that ain't my deal like it's it's tough man i could never write like um like if you were like hey we're gonna write a song today about i don't know tree or something i could not do it uh-uh. and a lot of times if i write it and it's a good song it's so quick and like i don't even remember it you know like remember that i wrote it it was just like that um so i'm like the same way like I could never do that. They're like, hey, you got to write a song, a jingle for Express Boats or something. I could, there's no way I could do that. But if I was like, just for some reason it popped in my mind and I wasn't even supposed to be writing that jingle, then I could, you know what I mean? So it's really weird. I can never write something that, you know, it was, it was funny. So I was doing a, a, a like tying jig colors and stuff and I was going, it was the same thing, man. I was going after certain colors that I had in my mind. And they sucked. <laughs> and I kept at it. It was like writing, right? You just like write this song. It sucks. And it sucks. And oh, I'm making this color. It sucked. And then all of a sudden, like you don't even remember, I look up and I'm, I, you know, all these, I bought like every color imaginable, right? So I have all these. Yeah. And for some reason, it's almost like writing a song. It kicks. And then I just started grabbing these colors. And then I look up and I'm like eight colors into it. And I'm like, wow, these are awesome. There's no way I could have done that by just thinking. Yeah, you know? it's the same totally thing. This song. It's so it's so weird. Uh, the the lure thing is the same thing. It's like the same exact stuff. That, that's so interesting, man. And I feel like a lot of people, especially creative minded folks, whatever it is you're doing, you kind of get in a space when when you write though, Cody, because because obviously, like you guys released an album last year when you're going into, Hey, we're going to, you guys worked with Dave Cobb. I know you get everything set up. Do you have all the songs written beforehand? Yeah. A lot in the studio or, but how do you get in that? Try to get to that subconscious, right? You know, you got a project coming up. That's the pressures of doing what you guys do. Like you say, once you monetize, once you are as popular as you guys are, how do you find that subconscious? You know what I mean? Like, is that just, you spend enough time with the guitar in your hand that it just happens? Cause that's kind of how it's always happened for me when it does happen. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like just walking through mud or something. So it's like you grind or for me, it's just like this sickening amount of grinding. Sometimes you're just laying in bed and the song comes to you, but if you're actually working like, Hey, I'm about to start writing this record. It's like, just a month of shit yes i mean it's just like you can't think of nothing you're like oh i'm toast it's, this is awful and then like 
maybe on the last record, right? I'm right. And it's like, ah, oh, this is stupid. This is stupid. And then in the same day, I wrote The Wolf off the last record. Yes. That morning, I wrote The Wolf. I ate lunch. I wrote uh, Antioch. And then that night, I wrote Heart of Stone on the same no day. Way. Yeah, you know, so it's weird. It was like, like, uh, <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good day, but it's like, oh, this is awful. And then there'll, there'll be one day that I'll write three or four songs. It's weird you writing, and uh, they'll be the best ones that I do, you know, out of that. And then maybe it'll just be a bunch of shit that doesn't make the record. And then you'll have another day where it hits. It was like the, the jig thing. That's it reminded me so much when that happened. I had COVID and I was sick. But I had, I had two days I had to get it done because I was going back on tour and I had to turn in these colors. Um, and uh, I had a fever and I'm sat in my shop and it was hot and I'm just grinding, right? And it sucks, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks for like two days. I mean, it's probably the colors are probably fine, but in my mind, it's like, nah, this is stupid. And then I look up and I had the colors. I don't even remember it, right? So it's like hit, hit, hit. And then it happened. So it's like that with songs, right? You just walk yeah. through mud all of a sudden, and then you're on concrete. So uh, you wrote those three songs in a 24-hour period. That's how those happen. And in the same day, it's a lot of stuff like that. So it'll just be like this awful stuff. And then you'll look up, and there's three or four songs that you're really proud of. And they always, for me, they come just like, whoa, how did that happen? I never remember how it happens. Well, that, that's why I actually had written down in my, my notebook here, like the wolf is a song. Um, our buddy, you, you got to know fat cat Newton, our buddy, fat cat. Yeah. Fat I love cat. that guy, man. Yeah. He's the best man. He's one of the best humans I, that I've ever encountered on this, on this great planet. He's awesome. And, uh, he loves the song, the wolf. He, and he got me, he's like, dude, you, you, that, that's the, that's the anthem. Like you gotta, cause you know, we, he and I are in the same, we're in the same world and, and we talk a lot about, uh, you know, especially with social media and things, which I know you you try to stay as far away from as you can, which I, I, I respect the hell out of that. Uh, but w- you've got a lot of folks that kind of fake it, you know what I mean, so to speak. And I think those lyrics speak to people so much. I see people sharing that. Or they, they make a video and they share the wolf. I see that all the time, man, whether they're working out, whether they're, oh, dude, all the time. Like that song resonates with so many people. And I, and I had down here though, to ask you like kind of where that came from, but you may have answered my, my own question with the subconscious. Like, did you have a, a note in your phone? Did you go, Oh, did it, did an instance happen to you? Do you think, cause it's so, it's almost like an answer to something. If that makes it started, sense. Right? It, started that, it started with that riff. That riff was, okay. was cool. Right. Oh, like playing yeah. that riff down and, over and over, and then I just looked up, and the song was done. Uh, it was probably anger. It was it was like during quarantine, you couldn't work right. You you know, okay. you a little bit like you know, people were taking your job away from you. Things, yeah, like, of course. I understand. You know, I get it. Whatever, but there's still something in there, right? You're like, I can't even work. And uh, it probably wasn't it during quarantine, but it was during this time where we didn't work for two years. So there's probably something like that, maybe that sparked it is kind of a a little bit of a angry type song. Um, I wasn't thinking about anything, but that in hindsight, I was wondering, you know, what, what inspired that? Cause there were some lyrics about uh, put me back in the saddle out on the road, stuff like that. Um, But no, I never remember what that stuff's about. Uh, 
if they're good songs, it's like, or, or what you consider, you know, a good song personally, it's like, you don't even know. They just come from somewhere else. You know, everybody said that, you know, like uh, Bob Dylan talks about that Merle Haggard and stuff. Merle Haggard says they just kind of floating around in, in the air. And if you don't write somebody else will, it's kind of like that weird uh, magic thing uh, with ideas. It's probably like that on all ideas. I think it is. But the, the lure, lure ideas and stuff are the same. They work the same way for me. Uh, for some reason, they'll just pop in my head. Uh, and you don't even know why, why you have a certain idea. Well, I, I think that's another comparison to kind of fishing and music. Every chord has been played, right? We know yeah. that, like there are only so many that we can play. Time, time signatures are what they are. And it's the same with lures. Like you're talking about, hey, I got this jig coming out. There's a lot yeah. of jigs. I just released one too. There's a lot yeah. of jigs, but I feel like mine is different. And just because right. it came from between my ears, just like yours is going to be different because you're like, hey, I feel like this fits a need, just like I feel mine does. And it's the same with a song. Like you said, they're floating around and everybody is going to approach it different. And I think the coolest thing about mute on the music side of it or fishing with a lure is everybody that listens to your songs, myself included, it speaks to me in a different way than it may even you, right? Like that song, yeah. you, you wrote it, but I may be going down the road and I may be like, hell yeah, I do this to feed my family. That's what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it speaks to me. Cause I'm out here grinding my ass off to feed five kids and take care of my wife and feed my fishing addiction, you know, all, all that. But but those songs, like, I get fired up. I crank up the wolf, and I'm like, hell yeah, but it may come from a different place for you because you were stuck at home, couldn't be on the road with your guys, trying to feed your family. Like, this yeah. totally different place. Um, so I just think that's uh, that's amazing. And, and, and it's always funny, and you probably laugh at this, because if you did have a song that you set down and you had a, a basic idea to write, and, and a fan comes up and goes, man, Cody, I can't thank you enough for writing this because I know you wrote it about whatever situation. You're like, no, that's actually not it at all, right? Like, you get that sometimes where people walk up and like, dude, man, when you guys, you wrote Die Rockin', I know what that's about. You wrote that about that yeah. time in 1987 that my dad was on stage in a, at the Elks Lodge. And you're like, no, that's not it at all. We wrote that. <laughs> you know? That's kind of the beauty of songs, though, that they did this thing, like our management and stuff. We did it on one album, and it, it was kind of a cool idea, you know, when they're doing the making of the album, and that they were interviewing us about songs we had wrote and stuff like that and, and the story behind it. And I did that, and then I was like, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. That's stupid, because I want them to get, like, kind of come to their own conclusions about them. It, it kind of relates personally to different people, to songs in general like all songs like to different people for different reasons and stuff like that. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to explain the songs before they're out because it takes like a beauty element out of it. I love that. I love that. I, I will, I'll swear to God, I used to uh, play like the bluebird in Nashville, different songwriter rounds. I would tell a different story about a song every time I played it. And yeah. they're the same story twice. I'm like, that, that's not where you decide what it's about. I don't, you know, of course my crap's pretty straightforward, but it's like, here this is this is what this is about you know and then yeah. next time hey by the way, all right this is about this like i i don't know uh some of them are some of them are pretty dead on what you know you can tell what they're about obviously but like yeah i wanted to ask you that about the wolf and our, and our boy fat cat will appreciate that i was texting this morning i was like man i got cody's going he's going to do the show and he's like he's like you got to ask him about the wolf 
I gotta know the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wrote that. I wrote, boy, that, fat cat. I wrote, I wrote that about you, fat cat. I, yeah, fat cat. Yeah, that's for you, buddy. Oh man, he needs to, he needs to come to a show, man. He, he, well, he, I keep he, telling him that. I, I texted him in December. I said, "Dude, you've got to go see these boys." And uh, I bet y'all will get close to his neck of the woods. He's up in Virginia. I bet y'all are getting close. I hadn't looked at all the dates, but y'all will be around him some this summer. I'm yeah, sure at some point. Are you going to the uh, classic? Oh yeah, baby. I'll be there um, yeah, with bells on. You, you going to have a booth? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, because this is putting you on the spot because there's going to be at least 10 people. <clears> 10,000, 10. I don't know how many. Be somewhere between one and a million. Saturday night. There might be a little event taking place. And really? low budget live live, buddy, at a bar. And we might have to play. I mean, we, there may or may not be some microphones. There may or may, may not be some acoustic guitars. And so I'm just saying there's always an open invite. Like open mic night, but in front oh. of a bunch of low lifers. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I'll Saturday. do that. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, that's what y'all are doing Saturday night. If I'm yeah, yeah. I gotta look at my schedule. I know I'm, I'm flying in, and then uh, it's either that or ICAST. I have to leave during it to fly to a show. I can't remember which one. I remember in ICAST last year you had to do that. You the bus, the boys were waiting on you up on the East Coast or something. You just flew down, had to fly back. Yeah, yeah. I think I gotta do that this year. I, it's one of those I have to fly out during it. Um, I, I like the classic a lot. I, I liked uh, selling it and. And you know, selling the products and explaining it to people and stuff. I, I thought yeah. it was fun. I don't, I don't get to do that kind of stuff anymore. Um, you know, it's like like back in the day, you could hang out at the merch booths and stuff yeah. like that. People kind of low key. Yeah. We, you know, we can't do that anymore. Um, so it was kind of like that. It reminded me a lot about that. And everybody's pretty cool. Um, it was cool. I mean, nobody messed with me or anything. They either didn't care or they didn't know. I was just a dude selling them a frog. There was some people, but um, so it was cool, man. It was just like talking about fishing and nobody was jacking with you about anything. Yeah, uh, man. Everybody was really nice for the most part. You got some weirdos, you know? <laughs> Very weird. Some people like stupid stuff. You're like, man, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> They'll like argue with you about something. It's like, all right, dude. Uh, and but, they won't, but, they won't I, like, I like to like telling people, so I'll be at the booth again this year. Like we'll have the plastics there for sure. Um, the funny thing about the class, we didn't know shit, right? We didn't even know we could sell stuff. So we didn't even have that. We figured it out and like flown some in. Cause we found out like the last minute we could sell them, but we only had like X amount. So we only had a, that booth for like one day cause we sold out. Um, so that was I, I, this time we kind of know what to expect. Um, I had been to a classic before, you know, as a fan, but, but I didn't, uh, obviously I wouldn't sell anything. <laughs> Everybody wants something free when they come by the booth too, don't they? They're like, this. Oh, yeah. y'all giving away any, y'all got any candy or koozies? What y'all got t-shirts? I cast was, I cast might've been worse though, man. Everybody, cause it wasn't a consumer show, you know, and everybody wanted free stuff. Um, <laughs> the funny thing though, is they'd be like, uh because we were displaying the, the the plastics at uh at iCast and they'll come up like oh man I really like that blah blah I'm like oh that's cool and they'll be like make it a uh blah blah some <laughs> weird special color right that nobody's gonna say this guy he's like I'm gonna need 500 of them send them to me <laughs> or it wouldn't even be that it'd be like 
50 of them or something. It's like, man, I can't make baits for you. That happened a lot. Yes. Like special color just for them. And, I, and I'm going to need that. And then I'll put you on YouTube or something. It's like, it doesn't really work like that. You know, but, the show used to be more about the industry and, and you kind of had to work in the industry or have a booth to be in it. Well, now in the last probably, I'd say five or six years, it's more open. I don't want to say open to the public, but they get in. And that's no no shot at anybody, fishing fan. But, man, we get a lot of them, like, in the booths I work that are just coming around like, hey, man, y'all y'all sponsoring people today? You know, I yeah. – and you're like, hang on a second. We're here to sell stuff to, like – because yeah. we're dealing with the big, you know, tackle stores and, and yeah. things like that. Uh, the Walmart – hell, Walmart's there. Bass Pro, they, they're all there, yeah. you know. It's a, it's a work week. That's why I try to explain to people. I'm like, look, if you come to ICAST, be careful who you go around and bug because it's a lot of livelihoods that, that are going on in that building that week, you know? I've, uh, I've had fun, though, man. It's been a good adventure. I've met so many good people already, um, made some great friends in the, in the fishing industry, uh, and it's, it's, it's been a good trip. You are a uh, you are more than welcome to be in it, brother. I can tell you that. Everybody appreciates you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the Classic. I want to ask you one more thing, and then I'm going to let you want to let you go back to your beautiful bride that set all this up. Thank God that 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 she uh, she helped yeah. us out here so we could do this video. I'm about to be back. It'll actually be uh, two screaming kids. Is what I'll... <laughs> yeah, it's all right. That's all right. Be hectic. This is peaceful right now. Uh, so, and I, my wife would kick me in the knee if I didn't ask something about this. So I got to, uh, and I, and I find this very interesting too, because I'll never forget watching that first season. I was behind the eight ball on Yellowstone, like everybody else, but I'll never forget watching that first season. It's episode four. You guys are the damn band in the bar. And I'm like, wait a, yeah. damn, wait a damn minute here. Did you guys know? Cause that's season one. When they reach out to y'all to be a part of that show. Did you, I mean, do you have any idea that that show would become the phenomenon that it did? Cause dude, it's like as big as anything's ever been. Did you have any clue? No, we didn't know anything. They called, uh, the guy Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. The main guy he called, I guess he got in touch with management and he called me on the phone and, uh, kind of told me the, the idea about it. Cause it, you know, it wasn't even out. So we didn't know that it was, it wasn't like, oh, hey, this is a big show and we're going to do it. It was just this idea he had. And I was like, man, that sounds pretty cool. And he was telling us who I was in it. And so um, and we, we liked the idea, you know, behind the show and stuff like that. But basically, when, when I told the guys, I was like, hey, I think we should do this because we might get to meet Kevin Costner. <laughs> well, that's really the reason that we, that was kind of like the deciding fact, like, man, we're going to go meet Kevin Costner. We got to go do this. And, and we got there. He wasn't even there, man. We never got to meet him. Wait a second. You still ain't got to meet Kevin Costner? No. no. Well, Kevin Costner, if you're watching this on YouTube, you we got a bone to pick with you. Supposedly, I don't know. Somebody told me that, uh, I think John told me that, you know, we'd said that in an interview and then he tweeted or something like that. It was like, y'all, y'all you know, come hang out anytime or something like that. So that, was pretty, <laughs> That's so but that was the funniest thing, just being kind of, naive and we're like we weren't even thinking about the exposure or, or you know it kind of turned into almost a life-changing event for us it was yeah so massive for our careers and, and none of that was weighed at all it was just we should do it because I think we're going to get to meet Kevin Costner and that, that was so I guess he he kind of you know really saved our lives for 
exactly at some point. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a really cool experience for us. Um, the effect was just so massive. We we never expected anything like the tidal wave that came after that. You know, we we were kind of do we were starting to do really good, especially for an independent band. Um, but we had never had a platform because we weren't into writing radio songs or stuff, right? We were like doing whatever we felt like doing. And so we'd never had a platform that it was a, like millions and millions of people watched that episode. So we'd never had that many people see us before. And so when that happened, it was just so crazy because like all these old records all went like to number one. So we had like the number one record, the number two record, the number three record, and like the number five record or something like that. Um, and that was crazy. Um, and that happened like the next day after the episode. And we didn't expect none of that. We just thought we were going to get to meet Kevin. He was weird. <laughs> He's still holding out. <laughs> and, and from that, you know, it was like kind of right place, right time, you know, it was just like throwing a, a match on some gasoline or something. And it just really, the shows just went to where it was like the stuff that was booked. You couldn't even, you know, they were sold out and you were, you know, we just kind of kept going from there. Uh, it's really fortunate for us to be the kind of band we were and, like independent and never doing the radio and stuff to have that opportunity. Uh, it's kind of bizarre. It's, be- it's beautiful. It's what it is, man, because it, it, what it shows me, and I say this to, and I, and I bring up my buddy Engelman, cause I live through, through you boys, like I said, and, and I talk turnpike with him a lot, but seeing those guys come back last year and, and play the size shows they're playing now, seeing you guys, it, it what it means is good guys don't always finish last especially yeah. music business. that's what it means to me because dude i i have heard of you guys for years i can remember playing bars and people coming up because i was always into the <coughs> and I, I, I hate the term red dirt but but it is what it is texas t- that yeah. texas music texas oklahoma music scene has always been what i have clung to in life like from a from a pretty early age my dad listened to a lot of stuff uh, but i've always loved that uh way more and fit in more with that than i ever did nashville even though i'm an hour south of nashville i always that's just always what i loved and i can remember playing bars even around here in my little small hometown back in probably you know 2010 2011 and people coming up because we would play we'd be covering like ragweed you know nobody did that around here right so we'd play reckless kelly and ragweed we'd be covering that kind of stuff be like hey man Y'all know, y'all know Whiskey Myers song? Like, I can remember years ago, years ago, like right after probably the Firewater, you know what I mean? It's probably around that yeah. time. Yeah. People being like, dude, do you, you guys know Whiskey Myers? So it's so cool to think about how long ago I first got introduced to your music to see. So it's not by accident. You work hard. It, it's not luck. You get put in the right place yeah. for the right thing, man. And And seeing that, like, I remember that night watching that with my wife and I was like, Hell yeah. Like I was like, this is, yeah, and this so show's weird. done that for people too, right? Like Taylor, and I guess maybe he's the one that picks it, but it's a lot of Americana, Texas country. Like he leans yeah, on that's him. That's all him. He does, he does awesome. that music stuff for sure. He, uh, he's got a lot of cool music on there. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure just by talking to him and stuff, I'm pretty sure that's all him. That's uh, cool. He's from like Waco or somewhere mm-hmm. around there originally. I believe so. Um, and I think he lives, he came to the show the other day. We hadn't seen him since then uh, when we were in Fort Worth. And he like has a big ranch. And so I guess he lives back in Texas now, but I, 
I remember talking to him originally on the phone call and he telling me that it was like from somewhere around Waco. Okay. But yeah, he 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 picks that music. He's always got good music on his like movies and, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Well, and then he's got uh he's got Bingham on the show. And yeah. Bingham's the guy I listened to for years, and now I'm just pissed that I gotta share him with everybody too. But I'm happy to see the success. <laughs> my my wife, I've been listening to Bingham for shit, man. That Mescalito album was one of my favorite albums when it came that's out. Great, that's a great record. That's like that's a that's like a deserted island top tenor for me. Like Mescalito's like always I can still remember the first time I ever heard it. Yeah. Uh, buddy that's, of mine from Houston played it for me. Yeah. He's like, this is the real shit right here, buddy. Like this is uh so so to see see all that, like Taylor, yeah, he deserves props. He he probably uh I'm sure he sleeps okay at night. <laughs> Taylor, these yeah, days. he's doing so much stuff, he might not ever sleep. That's true, too. He's, he's like like eight movies at one time and stuff. I don't know how he does it. Those people that are up there in that echelon just have a different work work ethic. They're like, they just kill it, man. It's so so interesting to me. Hey, did you ever uh did you used to play the Zydeco? I have I have never played the Zydeco in Birmingham. Never have. Didn't okay, because it's sure you're from Georgia or Alabama? No, no, I'm I'm from Southern Tennessee, right on the Alabama line. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm like Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. I'm right above Muscle Shoals. I'm Muscle Shoals more than I am. Now. I'm like 40 minutes from the Shoals, kind of where I grew up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we used to play the Shoals, Huntsville, uh, more than anything. Nashville some, but tried to stay away from there best we, we could. We played uh, somewhere right around there. It was like. I mean, it was right there. It was like a festival or a fair or some shit like outside the city. And um, like a tornado came and our show got canceled and like all the power. It was like this awful storm and everybody got pissed off at us because we didn't play the show, man. Like people were uh, messages talking shit and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was it was the craziest thing. And it was like this awful thunderstorm. It wasn't even like kind of raining. Like it was like a fucking tornado warning. And yeah, all the people there were so mad that we weren't playing. We didn't even cancel it. You know, that's on like the promoter and stuff. Yeah, right? that ain't y'all. Like there wasn't a power. Like it was like a big thunderstorm. And uh, that's, I remember about that area. We played there. Yeah, that's your people right there. Yeah. And they, they were <laughs> mad. Don't throw that on me, Cody. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been mad. <laughs> I wonder if that was like the Lincoln County Fair. That's east of me. About an hour. They they have some pretty big acts over there. My my oh, our county that. fair gets some gets some pretty good names here. But our county fair here, you never know. We I did see George Jones. I got to see George Jones at my county fair. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, when I was a kid. But we had like Confederate Railroad, Diamond Rio when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool though. Oh, it's so cool, dude. I bet I bet a lot of people came to that area though too, just because of the history and stuff. Of course, and they they're yeah headed to muscle shoals or well and you're an hour and a half south of nashville so so many of them live there they they book folks the craziest thing that ever happened i was little when this happened here at my my is the middle tennessee district state fair it's a, and it's a it's a it's a big fair man probably hundred thousand people come through it you know in a week it's it's wild here in a little town and uh garth brooks played it and garth played it on his first album and the story of the rotary club here is over the fair and they thought, uh, I think it was the dance had blown up for him. And they thought that this dude was going to show up in like a Mercedes or something. Right. And he, dude, he's just starting out. Like, it, and he showed up in a beat up pickup truck. 
and he pulled up to the gate and they wouldn't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> day of the show and like a friend of my dad's always told that story he's like yeah i got to tell garth brooks he couldn't come behind the damn yeah. gate <laughs> didn't have his pay didn't have his, his laminates yeah didn't have anything he just pulled out hey i'm garth i'm playing and i'm like yeah sure buddy get out of here and he ends up like getting his mask like no it's it's really me because he, he was young man he just started out but he played here in our hometown which was uh pretty damn cool but yeah i think charlie daniels played here we had a few but i don't remember i I don't ever remember you guys being on the bill. It's probably it not been there, but it was right by, <laughs> like right there, man. I just remember that they they were so pissed off at us, man. <laughs> Memories, yeah, I love it. it bad. I mean, it was like torrential rain. It was really bad. But yeah, it's like talking about we was punks or something, man. They were so pissed off at us. And they were, it might have been around Jack Daniels over there in Lynchburg, and they was all keyed up, man. They had that no, no. yeah, no, I wasn't down there, but I bet there was a lot of Jack Daniels being drunk. Ain't no doubt. Uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. <laughs> you have some interesting encounters on the road, no doubt about it. That's a pretty good one, though. Blame the band for the, for the show getting canceled in the tornado. Yeah, yeah they were pissed off at us. <laughs> That's that's good, man. Cody, I appreciate you, man. This has been awesome. It's an honor to get to spend some time with you and, and steal you from your family. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, all you low lifers, Toad Thumper, first of all, go get you some frog. You're gonna want these new plastics, but I promise you, and most of y'all, if you're watching this, I know you're a Whiskey Myers fan, but this 2023 tour starting up. You better yeah. get you some tickets and you better go see these boys because I promise you it is well worth the trip. Cannon, everybody. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you, buddy. Well, all right. That's all she wrote. Hope y'all enjoyed that, man. I know you could tell just from my enthusiasm. I was so excited that entire time. I, I love getting to pick the brains of people that are just pros, man. And that's, you know, that was kind of the basis of this show. When I was fishing the FLW tour, I wanted to talk to my guys I was fishing against. I wanted to get the scoop the inside story and and it's much the same in music uh my dear friend ryan engelman with turnpike troubadours i love picking his brain about it and and, and he's equally obsessed with bass fishing and we're gonna get engelman back on here uh hopefully this spring but it, i just i love talking about that songwriting process that creative process so i'm glad we got to go down that uh, that road and i know so many of y'all are fans of of whiskey myers and cody and what they do and and what they stand for and so again thank you to cody his lovely bride for sharing him uh with me for that interview there i know he's got he's he doesn't have a lot of time at home so i was grateful and uh and we're gonna do we're gonna do it again and cody's gonna be at the classic so just saying cody's gonna be at the classic just leave it at that we'll see how it works out but there might be an lbl live at the classic too so hmm. i don't know we'll see we'll see Thank y'all so much for tuning in week in and week out and uh, 200th episode next week. Can't believe it. It's hard to, hard to even imagine that we've been doing this, been doing it five years. And there are more episodes than that. I, I was telling some low lifers at the East Tennessee fishing show. Yeah. There are a lot more than 200 episodes floating around out there. I'm sure. But as far as when I really got serious and, and started making sure I had every one of them recorded because we did so many on Instagram live. And then I don't count the lives that we've done as episodes either. So just as far as like not so lives, 200 straight, man. So uh, next week, got another good one. Hope y'all are back.
every Monday. I saw so many of y'all at that show. They're like, every Monday, every Monday. Well, you know, so we like the post office. We're going to show up, rain, sleet, snow, or hail. See y'all next week. Take y'all out with some Biloxi Blues. Thank y'all. Appreciate you. See you. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss and Civil War ghosts, well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there.